You cannot find common ground without conversation. Um, so many times we try or we think people are on the same page with us without us having conversation, and that goes for us and God. We think we're on the same page with the Lord, but we're not talking to Him. We're not getting filled with the Spirit. We're not getting filled with His Word, and we think we're on the same page. Then we wind up in a tough spot. So I want to encourage you to have conversation with the Lord, with your spouse, with your, in your relationships. And it's not texting. Texting is okay, but texting is not the same as a face-to-face conversation. Amen. So improve your speaking skills, improve your relationship skills by having conversation. So we've been talking about leaving Egypt. And I want to go back and relate this directly to you accepting Christ as your Lord and Savior. When you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have a new plan. God says that he's given you a fresh start. He says that he's given you a new heart, that he's changed, that, that your future has been changed because you are now following him and that he has a plan for you. The problem is so many times we hang on to what's behind. We don't get free of what's behind. How many of you, when you came and gave your heart to Christ, did you get home and still have problems? There's still problems. So when the children of Israel were delivered from Egypt into the promised land, the the problem was there were still enemies in the promised land. But God's word said, I've given you victory over those enemies, right? Are you all with me? Let's just go and let's look at it real quick. So I want to back up just for a second and say we are looking at when we leave Egypt, when we leave our past, when we leave our old life to walk with Christ, walking with the Lord looks like this, getting in his word so that we can get to know him, to know how he thinks. Uh, I want to back up just for a second. I've done that twice now. I'm going to keep backing up. Um, Ron and Sarah, y'all are the opposite of ordinary. You said you're as ordinary as they come. I don't agree. You're the most opposite of ordinary. Y'all are awesome. And did you actually put tango lessons on your credit card? (laughs) Huh? She just learned. Yeah. Who are you? No, never mind. That could have gone all wrong. Sorry. Uh, so, we are so, we are such unique, funny people. And if given the opportunity, we will get tango lessons and max out our credit card. Isn't that true? Oh, it's so funny. We love y'all. And by the way, as they were up here announcing and sharing, um, again, that class has changed my life. But Ron and Sarah also are uh, our deacon and deacon's wife here at Church on the Hill. Part of those that are praying for you, warring for you, um, serving you. So I encourage you to get to know who we are. Um, And that's who Ron and Sarah are. So going back to Egypt, it's time to get free. We've given our heart, but yet we get home and we still have these battles. So how do we walk with the Lord? We walk in his word. You've got to be in his word. You cannot get to know him without his word. Everybody say amen. You cannot expect to have an effective walk with the Lord without you being in his word. Then we must get filled with the spirit. I can tell you, I cannot even begin to fully understand God's word without God's spirit. I must have his Holy Spirit because I can tell you sometimes I face things that are not absolutely clear in the word and the Holy Spirit shows me how to walk through those things specifically to my walk. It says that he is our teacher and he is our comforter, that he will, one of his primary roles that the Holy Spirit has is to speak what the Father is saying to you. 
God has a word for you and the Holy Spirit speaks that to you. Did you know that? That's why it says we cannot have common ground without conversation. We must have a conversation with the Holy Spirit. And then finally, the third way to be walking with the Lord is to walk in the body. God is, Jesus is coming back for his church. He has brought his church to empower us for power to have breakthrough with one another. There are resources within this body right here that will help you overcome what you're walking through. The same situation you're walking through, someone here has walked through it and walked through it successfully. I don't care what you're walking through. God's answer is in his word, it's in his spirit, and it's in his body. So plug in. That's your, that's your part. Plug in. So we're looking at getting free, walking with God, getting free of the enemy. So it's extremely important that we know who our enemy is. So I want us to look real quick. I'm going to try to go very quick. i got a lot to cover. Um, Deuteronomy chapter 7. When the Lord your God brings you into the land which you go to possess, he has cast out many nations before you. The Hittites, the Gergesites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites. Seven nations greater and mightier than you. And when the Lord your God delivers them over to you, you shall conquer them and utterly destroy them. Make no covenant with them, nor show mercy to them. So the children of Israel have just been delivered from slavery. Seen the... uh, All the miracles that God has done, the waters parted, they walked through on dry land, they struggled out in the desert for 40 years, and now God's given them the land. He's already given it to them, but they have to go conquer it. You know, when you come up here and you walk up here and you give your heart to Jesus, you get baptized in in water, you make a public declaration that Christ is the one you're going to follow, that he's in your heart, you've received his spirit, and you get home and there's problems. Anybody ever got home and there's problems? It doesn't matter whether you're Christian or non-Christian. There's problems at home. And God says, I've given you these enemies. You have to conquer them. I've given you the power. I've given you my word. I've given you my authority. Do you know Jesus has given us his authority to wipe out these enemies? So what enemies do we face? And if we break down these seven enemies from... um, uh, from Deuteronomy, uh, in the Hebrew, we saw last week, the first one was the, uh, uh, hang on, First Samuel 17. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. I want to encourage you again, God has given us the victory. So we looked at the Hittite, which means fear, dread, intimidation. Um, I didn't really get into this last week, but I want you to know that the church lives, unfortunately, so many times under a spirit of fear. We are afraid. And it holds us back to where we do not step into what God has called us to do. We live under a suppressed fear of things that have been said, things that have happened to us in our life, and we just live there. We let this Hittite spirit of fear spirit live with us. And we just learn to cohabitate. Can anybody relate? God has given you victory over fear. He says, for I have not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. If you're battling fear, it's time to take God's plan against that fear. What's his plan? 
his word, his spirit, his body. I want you to know there are people in this place right now that have overcome a spirit of fear. That is no way to live, and I have lived under it. So, let's move on to the next one. The Gurdjieffite. Please. I wanted to say this last week, and I'm going to say it this week, but that, um, I, I, I just want to share this fear and dread and intimidation. Can you go back for just a minute? Because I know he wants to go on to the next one. But um, I, don't, I don't know if this, this may be a female thing. Sometimes I wonder, you know how when you're, like, is it a gender-related feeling? But for me, dread has been an enemy that I have realized that I've had to overcome in my life. And I can't say that I'm perfect at it. Um, but I have gotten to a place where I can recognize it a lot better. And so I want to say, g- give you an example and just be real for a minute. But when Paul and I were, um, it was in the early 2000s, and we were at a place financially where we had been pretty devastated financially. And um, I found myself dreading certain future things that I knew were going to occur in our lives, like literally dreading them. Like for example, we had little children and I dreaded the thought of my children needing braces because I did not know where that money was gonna come from. Um, I dreaded them turning 16 because I knew that we would need vehicles or car insurance and I didn't know where that money was gonna come from. I found myself dreading um, future Christmases. I I started dreading everything. And that's so silly, isn't it? But I dreaded when my kids then would be old enough and they wouldn't be home anymore on Christmas morning. It would suck the joy right out of me. And I don't know if any of you relate to that. And that's me just being very real. But I would find myself almost like gloomy, like depressed. It would be Christmas and we should be having fun, but I would be like, but in six more years, I won't have everybody. Or it would be a normal day, and they'd be losing teeth, and I'd think, you know what, in probably three or four more years, we're going to have to cough up $4,000 for braces, and I don't know where it's going to come from. And I literally found myself in a place of dread. I dreaded it. I dreaded my kids leaving and going to kindergarten, I dreaded stuff, and, and I'm telling you, it stole what, what the Lord was doing in my life, which was beautiful, beautiful things. I had a wonderful family. I had a good husband. I was, we were happy. We were well cared for. Now, we were struggling. Don't get me wrong, but our needs were met. We had food in our belly, and we had gas in our car. And maybe we weren't getting to go out and eat, but I'm telling you, we were okay. We were better than okay. We were healthy. We loved each other. But I had this this dread. Oh, Jesus, the dread. And I'm telling you, I made several bad decisions. Um, Several bad decisions that were made out of the fear of not having enough or dreading certain future events. 
And it wasn't until I got to a few things where I'm telling you, I got us in some pretty big messes because of decisions that I made that I started thinking, I think I might have a little problem here. This is kind of bad. And the enemy is stealing my joy. He is stealing my joy. And I'm telling you, the Lord started showing me little by little as I started praying and I started reaching out to him and I started saying, hey, like I think I have a problem with this right here. He started showing me like just how to have joy, just renewing my hope. I don't have to walk around and feel like this any longer. And so I think I just want to take a moment and be real and say that it's real easy to say, yeah, we got these enemies. And, like, it's real cool to look at the meaning of those enemies' names. Isn't it interesting that God did that for us? What is that, Hittite? Like, like they were seriously fighting those enemies, but that, the meaning of that name. So, like, when I read that, that is very real to my life. That's what God does. And, and, and fear and dread and being intimidated by that is a very real thing. And I just want to tell you that there's freedom for you because I found freedom. And like I said, there are some things that I still start dreading. I can tell you, I can start dreading the beginning of a semester real bad because I start thinking of all the things I got to do, all the papers I got to do. And I'll, I'll, you ask him, I'll still have a day where I might melt down and cry. And then I realize, you know what? A day at a time. That's all he's called me to do is take it a day at a time. So today I'm going to do this piece. Today I'm going to do this piece. And you know what? I'm going to live in joy. I am not going to let the enemy steal my joy because that's what he tries to do. He tries to make me dread it, and I'm not doing it. And I don't do it anymore. Amen. Amen. Okay. Savannah, can you bring up a scripture for me? 2 Corinthians 10. Start with verse 3 when you get a second. Church, if you will listen, the Lord is speaking. The Lord is trying to get into your heart. We get so hard and we get so turned off that we don't hear. And the Word of God says, those that have ears to hear, hear what the Spirit is saying. And I believe the Lord directly wants to speak to you today. I want to show you a scripture. It says, though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. Let me stop there just for a second. You cannot fight this your way. You cannot fight this the world's way. You will continue to lose and get beat up. Be bloody and bruised up and damaged your whole life. You cannot war the same way. Let's go to the next scripture. Is that verse 4? The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Um, I don't know what version we're on. Switch to New King James, if you don't mind. Anybody here got a stronghold? Fear and dread? I want you to know that, that God's way demolishes them. Can you imagine what a, a, a wrecking ball? 
Imagine your problem being as real as this wall right here. Do you know if we had a real wrecking ball out here? That wall doesn't stand a chance. Not a chance. That problem that you have, when you address it according to God's word, his spirit, his body, that wall will come down. The problem is we hang on to our wall. We go lean on it. We won't let go of it. We hate it, but we're comfortable with it. You know what's happened? You're residing, you're cohabitating with that problem that the Lord says, you can't, you got to drive it out. I've given it to you, you got to drive it out, you got to kill it, you got to get rid of it. Don't stand there with that any longer. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Let's go to the next verse. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Let's start. stop just a second again. These arguments that you cannot overcome, it is because you are overcoming them in your own strength. You are overcoming them according to the, wor- according to the world, not the word. My arguments are demonic. My arguments, I mean true arguments that are creating bitterness and unforgiveness and separation in relationship. That is demonic we see the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, they're not worldly, but, but they are mighty in God for demolishing strongholds. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. These things that are coming at us, if we will approach them with God, with the Spirit of God and His Word, it will demolish those. Those wars that you're fighting that aren't getting through, will get through. Or he'll, God will change you. Either the problem is you're not fighting that war with God, or you're the problem. Unfortunately, we always think it's the other person. It's not. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. This fear and dread, this dread, once she was able to take that thought captive, it no longer has power over her. It lost its power. Is it still there? Are we still going to at some point have an empty nest? Do I have one child that's engaged? Yes, but it's good. Look at what a good boy this is. Oh, my gosh. Okay, don't ever do that again. We can do that one time. I got to keep a good, healthy. I'm kidding. God is so good. Open up your eyes. Lift up your eyes to see the king has come. Mountains bow down when we lift him up. There is no other name. There is no other name. Jesus, if you are not catching on, we sang this just a couple minutes ago. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Be lifted up, ye everlasting doors, that the King of glory can come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and in battle. Wake up. 
we can go through these enemies. I want you to know, I've read to the end, we win. We just have to fight. We have a calling to go conquer the enemies that are sitting in our home, that are driving our children the wrong direction. We have that authority. I have that authority because Jesus Christ is in me. The Spirit of Christ is in me and has given me authority to conquer the enemies that I have at home. If I go without the, with, without the Spirit of God, they're too many and too big. Did you not see from Deuteronomy 7? They're mightier and more numerous than us. You wonder why we keep losing. You shouldn't. You should know. God has given us His Word so that we would know. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, verse 6, and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. When we begin to walk with the Lord, God takes care of what's in front of you. When you show up without Him, it's ugly. I'm not trying to tell you that our walk is easy. It isn't. You know what you're fighting against? You're fighting against flesh. My flesh wants to do something else. But if I will back up and seek the Lord and walk with Him, He will change my mind. A loving family that seeks to be transformed by the good news of Jesus Christ, allowing my mind to be transformed. We must do things differently. We must do things differently. So um, I'm just going to change gears, and I'm just going to ask, Cody, if you don't mind, Cody and Rita Marie, we all come back up and just play. I don't know what y'all are going to play, but just we all come play. We did not have a chance to pray, and I want to open up the altars to people that are battling fear. We all just stand up with me, and we're just going to sing together, but we're just going to open up the altars. Those that were uh, called to pray this morning, would y'all just come down here and help us? And I want to encourage you to let God have it. Will you let God have it? Can I ask you to pray? Okay, so Father God, we just thank you for your word this morning. And, thank, and we just thank you for the revelation, Lord, that you're showing us who our enemy is, Lord. I, um, you know, it, sometimes I think we don't think about fear and dread actually being an enemy, but they are. And so, Lord, I thank you for your word um, I thank you that you are revealing um, things that we need to know. And, Father God, that you're helping us show um, just that each person here under, under my voice today, Father God, that if they've been battling um, fear or dread or feeling intimidated, Lord, right now, Father God, I just pray that you would show that to them, Father, and that today would be the day of freedom, Lord. Today would be the day. And we thank you for your promises, Father. We thank you that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in you, Father God. And that we can pull down these strongholds of fear and dread and intimidation in our lives, Lord God. That you come in and you've equipped us and you help us, you empower us to do it, Father. 
And Father God, right now, we just thank you for people. Father God, I thank you that if anybody needs prayer today, Father God, that they would come forward. Lord God, that today would be the day of our freedom, Lord God. And I thank you that you're restoring hope and joy in the name of Jesus. Father God, we just lay down that fear and dread. And Lord God, we just, we just exchange it for faith and for hope and for joy today, Father. Thank you for that great exchange. Thank you that we don't have to live under this any longer, that, that fear and that dread. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. Oh, the altars are open for any prayer, even if it's not fear and dread, Lord, um, whatever it is that you're walking through. And if you have not made the Lord Jesus Christ your Savior, come forward and let us pray with you. Don't, don't wait on that any longer, but let's go ahead and do that today too. Thank you.